first things they ask is, oh, what would they call you in uh, junior? And I always say Magoo or Goober. So it carried over a little bit here. Episode number 104 of the Night Shift. Kyle Gamard, Mike Stubbs, as we bring you along with the 2023-2024 season with the London Knights, the Ontario Hockey League. We're also going to do some former Knights and where those players are now. We're going to have conversations with Sean McGurn, who is part of you know this team's run over the last couple of years, what he's been up to, and a whole lot more here on the pod as the Knights continue on with their 14 game winning streak Stubbs 980 on socials at Kyle Grimard, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Mike, how you doing? I am outstanding. And as much as we can make mention of the night's 14 game win streak, and we'll ask assistant coach Rick Stedman about that number because on any streak, and we've got individual streaks, we've got a team streak for the Knights. Anytime you start counting, it puts pressure on you to keep counting. When are you going to get the next one? And can you win this one? Can you keep the streak going? And he's been through streaks as a player, and he's been through streaks as a coach. And so he will talk with us about that and what that is like on a team. And then we'll preview the rest of the weekend. So lots to do. Sean McGurn, can't wait to talk with him and find out how university hockey's been going. Their team has yet to lose a game. 24 and 0, pretty impressive so far. And Kyle, you mentioned the top prospects game. Maybe we start there because we had some good local content in it in terms of four area connections. So you have Sam Dickinson, who was the captain of Team Red, Sam yep. O'Reilly, who played for Team White, Jet Luchenko, who was a teammate of Sam O'Reilly's on Team White. He plays for the Guelph Storm and Merrick Vanacker, who is from Delhi, and Merrick played on the team with Sam Dickinson. So not bad. Always tough to stand out in this game because you don't know a lot of your teammates, but basically it's a scouts game. Scouts are looking for the little things that players are doing. How hard are they back checking? Are they finishing checks? How do they handle the puck? How do they handle the overall bright lights and the fact that you can look up into the stands and it's not so much the fans you're looking at. It's, oh, look, there's Rob Blake. Oh, that's Steve Eiserman. Look, there's Ken Holland. Look, uh, Brad Treliving. That's <laughs> who's looking down on you. And so to be able to just overcome the nerves and there are always nerves in this game and the first period was 0-0 and it did seem kind of tentative and and then they got going and Sam Dickinson ended the game plus one did a lot of great things great poise with the puck Sam O'Reilly was finishing checks doing what he does all over the place Merrick Vanacker and Jet Luchenko each had an assist so overall successful but we talked about this Kyle before Connor Bedard last year held pointless still went first overall so, I mean, this is not going to change things. Raul Bullard had a fantastic game offensively. He plays for Bay Como, who's one of the best teams in the Quebec Maritimes League. He had two goals and an assist, but he'll still sit where he sits somewhere late second round, early third round in all of the rankings. This won't see him rise up, but the scouts and the GMs get a really good look at what all of these guys are all about under bright lights. And that's what you want because every game in the NHL is bright lights. Well, and I, and absolutely. And I think you're, 
you're right on the fact that they're looking for the little things. They're looking for poise from a defender, puck moving ability, their vision on the ice. I kind of think in a, in a similar regard to, I always go back to like the 2008 or 2009. It was the Stanley Cup finals and it was the Penguins and Red Wings and the Penguins go on to win their first cup with Crosby and they win the game. Uh, you know, it's a tight game, but they score three goals and it's not Crosby with the hat trick or it's not Malkin. It's, it's Max Talbot. It's Max Talbot who had the two goals in the game that propelled Pittsburgh to win. So it's not always the top guys and it's just a one game sample size. But I, I always love the fact that these guys just get a chance to showcase, you know, what they have and what we gush about because we get to watch them every single game. So we know, you know, what Sam O'Reilly's all about. We see the work that Sam Dickinson and when, you know, the the rankings come out and people and prospects see that Sam Dickinson's ranked fourth or fifth or wherever he's ranked. Everyone's like, who's that? What is he doing? You get a chance to see just little bits and pieces of it and what he's able to do in that top prospects game. The other part of the top prospects is the skills that they go through. And yes. really interesting to see how well Londoner Jet Luchenko did and how well Sam Dickinson of the Knights did. Jet Luchenko overall had the best scores. Sam Dickinson overall was number two. And how about Dickinson? This is skating with the puck. So Sam Dickinson, 30 meters forward with the puck, and Sam Dickinson, 30 meters backward skate with the puck was number one among all of his peers in the top 40 prospects in the CHL for the NHL entry draft. And he's number one in skating with the puck in both directions. And then Sam O'Reilly comes in at number four in a drill they call weave agility. And then you look at Jet Luchenko, his name pops up all over the place, skating with the puck, skating without the puck, very skilled players. Merrick Vanacker from Delhi was great in weave agility with the puck. So just little things that you look at that the scouts again, this this is not, you know, it's it's kind of like your shuttle run in football. It's kind of like the NFL combine just really, really pared down. But these are things that teams want to know you can do. How fast, how well can you move with or without a puck on your stick? And so pretty amazing to see those. You can check out all of the results at the CHL website at chl.ca or at ontariohockeyleague.com because they've got them posted there. So now those players come back, and now those players get set for the weekend in the Ontario Hockey League where we've got the Knights taking on the Peterborough Peets and the Erie Otters. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we have an opportunity to welcome someone to the podcast who played with the London Knights last year and now is on a team that is doing very London Knight things, winning a lot of games. The Knights, as Kyle mentioned, on a 14-game win streak, how about a team that hasn't lost a game yet? Sean McGurn's UNB Reds at the University of New Brunswick. Four former Knights on the team, Cameron Baber, Jason Wilms, Cody Morgan, Mike Patizian of the Kitchener Rangers on that team. Their roster reads like a former CHL all-star team. But here they are, absolutely Perfect with six games to go in the regular season. Sean McGurn had a chance to sit down with us on this week's podcast to talk about how things are going at UNB in the province of New Brunswick. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty lucky to be here for sure. I mean, everyone's so nice here, and uh, even all the students or even people that aren't students are, are all pretty nice. So it's a pretty chill spot. I'm happy to be here for sure. 
Sean, what's the biggest difference between going from, you know, the Ontario Hockey League and the London Knights organization to university hockey? And I feel like your games transitioned quite well, but what's been the biggest adjustment for you? Yeah, uh, two of the biggest adjustments would be, first of all, trying to balance school and hockey, but it's something that uh, the staff and uh, my teammates have helped me out with a lot, so that hasn't been too much of a problem. And then the second thing would be uh, just the league's a bit older, so it uh, forces you to grow up a little bit. Yeah, you're going up against what feels like men against men again. I mean, you go back to when you were 17 years old, you're taking on 19 and 20 year olds. Now, all of a sudden, you're taking on 22 year olds, maybe even 23 year olds. Yeah, I mean, even older than that, like there's some 25 year olds and stuff like that. I'd say the 22 year olds are some of the younger guys on our team, but it's definitely an adjustment, but it definitely helps. I think I'm a lot more mature than I was when I was 16 and 17. So, uh, like, I don't have too much catching up to do. I think it's so funny because I hear guys playing, you know, in their fifth, six years, and it's like that tight end in the NCAA who's eligible for his ninth year where he's like 28 years old or something like that. It just, it feel like it's, it's a big adjustment trying to adapt to that. But, you know, for you, Sean, you have 25 points in 24 games. Uh, is there anything that you miss from your days in London here and that you wish could have, could have carried over to you, New Brunswick? Uh, I mean, definitely. Maybe Budweiser Gardens, if I could have brought that rink here and all the fans. That That's uh, something I'll miss for sure for the rest of my life. It was an honor to play there, so uh, that's something I miss. Sean, let's talk about this season because you are having a very successful season individually, but how about this team that you were on? You won your first game, and then you won your second game, and then you haven't stopped winning. I mean, between the Knights and UNB, we can count up 36 straight wins. You guys are 24 and 0. How much do you actually sit back and and maybe think about that? It's crazy. I mean, my, my buddies are texting me all the time. When are you guys going to lose a hockey game? It's a it's a pretty special thing we're doing here. Our coach uh, Gardner McDonald's made a pretty good uh, pretty good culture around us. So we go into every game knowing that the other team's going to give it their best and just like it was in London. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky and fortunate to be a 24-0 right now. Well, I feel like, too, you did a little bit of research before deciding where you were going to go with the next chapter. And from going from the Hunters program to the University of New Brunswick, did you know that, you know, it was going to be a, somewhat of a similar structure and the expectations of, you know, being on top that transitioned over? Was it everything you expected and then some? Yeah, I mean, you're right, Kyle. It was uh, pretty similar with the ways how in London everyone – is giving their best and trying to do their best at Budweiser Gardens and trying to beat the Knights. And I think it's the same thing here with the, the program they have. Everyone wants to beat UNB. I mean, they won nationals last year. So it's uh, they, the Knights and UNB kind of have similar standards. And that's uh, one of the reasons I came here. Talking with former London Knight and current UNB Red, Sean McGurn. Sean, who are you playing with on a line? Because there's a few other former Knights on this team. <laughs> Uh, on a line right now, I'm playing with uh, Benny Corbet from the Q, and then I'm playing with uh, with Macaulay Carson, who played for the Sudbury Wolves. But prior to that, I played a lot with them at Sproul. Uh, I haven't been lucky enough to play with Baber yet because we're both playing center. So, but uh, same with Jason Willens, who's also another one, another one of the centers that I haven't played with. And uh, I've had a couple games with Cody Morgan too. And uh, but yeah, I'm happy to see all those guys are they're playing great for us right now. So it's it's a lot of fun. You know, Sean, there's always, uh, you know, you hear stories and rumors about guys going to the next chapter of their careers and they talk, they always go back and they talk about junior hockey, but specifically former London Knights players. Are you, are you guilty of that? Do you often talk a little bit and get reminiscent about your London Knights days? 
Oh yeah, there's a lot of chat about Junior Hawk in our locker room for sure, especially with Petizan in there. He likes to bring up the game seven, and uh, I like to bring up the run we went on last year. And then uh, obviously we outnumber a lot of the guys because there's I think there's four of us London Knights in that room, so we get a lot of chat. Even with guys like Austin Keating, we always talk about who would have won in 2020 if it wasn't for COVID. So there's a lot of going back and forth for sure. So how about Mike Petizan? Because Knights fans do remember that game seven that he likes to talk about. And I'm sure he likes to talk about it where he scores the game winner in overtime. How do you guys go from being, hey, I'm Sean McGurn, you're Mike Petizian, I'm a former London Knight, you're a former Kitchener Ranger. We've basically been growing up hating each other or at least going hard against each other. How do you turn that into, hey, guess what? Now, uh, now we're the same team, great friends. Yeah, I mean... I think as soon as I committed to UNB, we, we turned the page on that, and now I'm going to war with him, so it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a lot better to be on his team than playing against him. He's, he's not an easy guy to play against because he works so hard, but yeah, I think we've turned the page. Obviously, we'll chirp here and there, and the the Knights have been helping me this year with my chirp with how well they've been doing, so that's been good. Uh, you know, and Sean, too, with with, uh, with the big changeover of, of <laughs> you get a chance to play through with, with so many amazing guys. You build friendships, you build connections with guys. Who's someone, you know, on this current team that you're playing with that you've, you know, really connected with and, and have been one of your, you know, best teammates to go with? Oh, I mean, it's so hard to pick. I mean, we're such a tight <laughs> group. We're, we're, we're doing, we're going to school together. We're, uh, we're, we're on the ice together every day. So I spend so much time with these guys. It's hard to pick one, but. I'm definitely a couple, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll pick my roommates because I'm I'm with those guys all the time. The other 2002 Sam McGinley, he's been great with me. Uh, Colton Cameron, who's the captain of the Bulldogs, the year they won it. Uh, Justin Nole and Ben Corbet, those guys have all been awesome. So I'm pretty lucky to be living with them and to be their teammates. No wonder you guys have the team roster. The roster is absolutely incredible. And I mean, we haven't even talked about Austin Keating, who was so good for the Ottawa 67s and is leading the Atlantic league in scoring right now. So in terms of finding ice time for everybody, I mean, you've got one of the best coaches university hockey has ever seen, but is it, is it kind of team concept and and I'll chip in where I can. Do you have that mentality? Yeah, hundred percent. Everyone's bought in and our coach is a, a really good job managing the bench. So I think for forge, we all, we all get to play really usually all four lines roll and, uh, yeah, everyone tries to chip in, and Keith has been having a great year, obviously, so uh, it's no surprise to see him doing well. I'm just looking at the goaltending stats, too, and I, I want to bring it up because you played with some pretty good goalies back in London. Uh, your goaltending tandem there has basically been going back and forth. He got 13 games played for one, 11 for the other. You know, it's it's got to be pretty nice going from, you know, a really good goaltending situation to another as well. Oh, yeah, it's unreal. Both our goalies are playing really well, so no matter who's in the nets, uh, you trust them, and... Uh, yeah, you're not, uh, you know, if you make a bad player turnover, they'll be there to bail you out. Okay, Sean, last thing. You ended up with one of the best nicknames in junior hockey because by the end of your OHL career, you were getting called Goo. And there aren't too many names that are that good. And it went from McGurn to Magoo to Goo. Has that carried over or do they call you something else? No, yeah, that carried over a little bit because that was one of the first things they asked me. So, oh, what would they call you in uh, junior? And I always say, Magoo or Goober. So it carried over a little bit here. <laughs> so now you still have that. I love it. That needed yeah. to go on. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't let it die in London. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll keep it. following what you're doing and enjoy following the nights from out east. How's the weather been? Things okay? 
it's been all right. It's really cold and a lot of snow, but it's it's all right when you spend your whole day in the rink, anyways. And in the library, sorry. There you <laughs> go. Yes. And the library. And <laughs> yeah. the library. Yeah, yeah. Sean, awesome. thanks so much for taking some time for us. Yeah, no worries. Sean McGurn of the UNB Reds, one of the favorites to win it all this year. And how can you not be? Kyle, 24-0 with six games remaining. The big test will certainly come when they start taking on Ontario teams and Western Canada teams, but they are the class of the AUS. Well, it's funny, Mike, we're talking about, you know, all of Sean's teammates and the fact that there are eight players on this, this current roster that are a point per game or better. So the offense is spread very well throughout the lineup. And I feel like Sean was very appreciative of, of all the talent around him and was very obvious that, you know, he knows all of the, the players and where they came from, whether it's from the Ontario Hockey League or wherever junior they played. But it is a stacked roster, and he seems to have carried over his game from the London Knights over to UNB. You bet. Still better than a point-per-game player. And it's hard to be that when you are 20 years old. But as Sean mentioned, with with so many guys coming out of major junior, you're not talking about 18 and 19-year-olds on their team. It does stretch all the way to 25. And same thing in the league. So you're playing against men. You think about the difference between a 19-year-old physique and a 25-year-old physique for an athlete. Uh, there's a lot of pounds that come on to that 25-year-old physique. So pretty good to see what he is doing so far. And great to see that he's held on to the nicknames Goober or Magoo or Goo. <laughs> Best nickname he's going. So no, I'm so happy those have carried on through. Kyle, now we get a chance to talk about what the London Knights are up to this weekend. We're going to do that in a moment. But we get a look at... Former Knights who are producing in different places, and Sean McGurn, certainly one of them. Another guy who, who knows, may clash with UNB in the future, Dalton Duhart, who played for the Knights, played for Saginaw, played for the Barry Colts in his OHL career, still leads the OUA in assists and points. He's got 38 points in 22 games, and we've got some other pretty high watermarks for some former Knights. The other two overagers on the Knights last year, George Diaco, has better than a point per game, playing with Tranis AIF in Sweden. He's got 11 goals and 34 points. Very successful year going for him as he chose to go to Europe right off the bat. And then Brett Brochu took a little while, Kyle, for him to get into the lineup with Fort Wayne. And they've had four goalies here and there throughout the season. But you can't mess with a 922 save percentage in 15 games and a 266 goals against average for Brett Brochu and a fight in a situation in which his team is not at the top of the charts. His team is battling to make a playoff spot. So how about that for Brett Brochu? I, it just, it goes, it's so fitting, Mike, with Brett Brochu's story, who came to London as the third guy and worked his way up and then set OHL records for rookie goalies. He won OHL goalie of the year. He goes to the ECHL. He starts as, you know, not the starting guy. And all he takes is just a little crack and you give him an opportunity. And now he has had 15 games under his belt, sporting a 2.66 goals against. And like you mentioned, Mike, 922 save percentage. He has a fight in there. He is just such a competitor and he's a guy like as a goaltender I dreamed of being able to just 
be like Brett Brochu and his ability to fight and battle and scrap towards everything. He has earned every bit of his so far pro career in the ECHL. And I hope that this continues for him. Awesome stuff. A couple other guys who were on last year's Knights team, Logan Mayhew and Laval, 10 goals and 26 points in third All-Star. That's it. And he's a guy who, you look at how Montreal's handling him, you have to like what Montreal has coming up in the pipeline for defensemen. And so Logan Mayu, great year, being recognized for it. Ryan Winterton, 10 goals for Coachella Valley. He's already played three games for the Seattle Kraken, so you see what they wanted to do. They gave him a little taste of the NHL. Now head back, enjoy the weather in Coachella Valley, enjoy the golf in Coachella Valley. We'll see you (laughs) soon in Seattle. So that's the way that they've been dealing with him. Seth Griffith, want to congratulate him. And in fact, on a podcast in the near future, probably two podcasts from now we are going to speak with Seth Griffith because he just became the Bakersfield Condors all-time leading scorer so pretty amazing for a guy who speaking of winning streaks Kyle helped to spark the London Knights to a 24 game winning streak in the 2012-2013 season Oh, yeah. And, you know, I I don't know when we'll have an opportunity to talk but I think the very first London Knights game Mike I ever went to it was during, I think, I believe it was during that season where the Knights could do no wrong in the first game. And the Knights ended up winning the game 6-2. And I forget who were they, they were playing. I believe it was Sarnia, but my memory could be a little joggy. But in that game that they won 6-2, Seth Griffith, two goals, four assists. He was involved in every, it seemed like he never got off the ice because any time that there was something that jogged your memory or like there, there was some sort of momentum, Seth Griffith was involved in it. He was an incredible player for the London Knights and getting a chance to watch him my first Knights game. I was like, he is he is going to be a very good professional player wherever he goes. Well, that's what he's been. And he's having a great time playing in California. He spent some time in the NHL with Boston, Buffalo, Edmonton, and now the all-time leading scorer for the Bakersfield Condors. So a conversation with Seth Griffith is in the future. J.J. Pickenich, fourth in scoring in Norway, playing for Stjernan. And he has absolutely eaten up that league the last couple of years. And then, of course, you look at the guys in the NHL. Mitch Marner, Robbie Thomas, Matthew Kachuk are all better than a point per game. Evan Bouchard has 42 points in 43 games. And how about Bo Horvat on the cusp of another 20-goal season? He's got 19 goals and 43 points. Now playing for Patrick Waugh on the New York Islanders. Yeah, and you know, he is what a great fixture he's been with that Islanders team who has really been trying to find some some really legit scoring for a while. And I know it's going back to the times where they had Tavares and Matt Molson and Kyle Poso and whatnot. But now along with Matt Barzell, they've got, you know, a one-two punch down the middle with Horvat and Barzell. And, you know, he's doing his part. Former captain of the Vancouver Canucks has made his way on through and he's got 43 points in 46 games and a brand new head coach. Um, I also just want to quickly mention Robert Tom. Thomas, I feel like is one of the most underappreciated stars in the NHL for everything that he does. He is an all around player. He's over a point per game this year, a consummate professional on a St. Louis blues team that is still trying to figure out where they stand and what they want to do moving forward. And all this guy does is put up points. He's like a heart and soul guy. Him and Jordan Kyra are just, uh, they have absolutely two gems on that team. They do. They absolutely do. And so that's, 
really the the way that they have that franchise going now after winning the Stanley Cup. They ended up losing a lot of players, but they turned the keys over to Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. And the Blues are they're still in that mix of teams that aren't quite out of it yet. Big win over the Calgary Flames this past week, and that could have them still in the conversation to sneak into a playoff spot. The London Knights and the Peterborough Peets, the London Knights and the Erie Otters meeting up this weekend, and we will talk about both of those games when we return. The weekend for the London Knights will feature the Peterborough Peets and the Erie Otters. The Peets look a lot different than they did when the Knights saw them even in Peterborough earlier this year and a lot different than they did when the Knights played them in the OHL Championship Series. They are much younger, Aiden Young, is well his name says it all he's 16 years old he's from london had a great year last year playing for danny sabret with the london junior knights he's basically their number one center and peterborough is still looking for their first win of 2024 so the knights know they can't look past that team then they take on the erie otters the knights are still on that 14 game win streak and we had a chance to talk with rick steadman who has been through the longest unbeaten streak in major junior history as a player did that with the london knights in 0405 and he's been through winning streaks as a coach so we asked rick how do coaches handle the winning streak and, and the pressure that it brings to keep it going? Yeah, I know it's tough. It always gets on the back of their mind. Um, you just try to keep one game at a time. Don't look forward. Uh, try to prepare the best you can for the team that's coming up. Because as soon as you look past the team, they're the team that's going to beat you. And it doesn't matter which way the team's going at the time, where they are in the standings. Uh, that's the fun part about the OHL. Everybody's so tight. So you just got to be get ready for that next game and play as hard as you can. The next game is against the Peterborough Peets, who are a very different-looking Peterborough Peets team to the one you faced in the OHL Championship Series. But at the same time, how do you get everybody to focus in and say, look, any team, any given night? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, one thing is for with um, uh, Michael playing there last year, he's got a little bit of motivation, so that always helps. But, yeah, they're a team that uh, even their young guys that were there before, they've been through it. They know what it feels like to win. They know how the grind is. They know what it feels. So it's one of those things where they know what they're going to do. They're going to try to just protect the middle, stop us from getting chances. And so we just got to stay patient, stay out of the box, and, and just keep working away. And then you get a Saturday night in Erie, which just brings up a whole lot of fun memories, the good games seem to happen when the Knights and the Otters come together. The fans are singing. Erie's been a tough team for you guys this year. Is there anything that you look to there that you want to make sure you're ready for? Yeah, they got great overall speed as a team uh, from the back end right up through the forward. So if you get uh, lazy or you don't finish any routes coming back, they're going to beat you to the net. So uh, we just got to make sure we're ready for them, stay on top of them, uh, try to slow them down and then play our game. You talked before about the team not caring who gets goals. You're getting an awful lot of calls, it seems, from everywhere. Does that sentiment still exist? Have you seen that last? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, they're very happy whenever anybody scores, whether it's a top guy, bottom guy, defenseman, it doesn't matter. They just, they're going out there, they're playing as a team. They're not thinking about their individual uh, seasons. They're thinking about us as the London Knights and then where they want us to be at the end of the season. So um, it's just great to see when you see that unselfishness happen. It always has to come from the player first and uh, give them credit they've been pushing hard for it so it's nice to see you can't always create that you can't always teams would love to 
find that on a shelf and give it to players. What do you think it is that has helped this group to create that? You know, I, I think it's our leadership at the top. There are 19-year-olds and our overagers. Uh, they, they they don't look after themselves. They look after the team first. They they block shots. They're big penalty killers. They do all those little things that uh, doesn't get seen by a lot of fans sometimes, but gets seen by the coaches and, and scouts and stuff in, in uh, around hockey. So I think it comes from them. They're, they're the ones that are preaching in the dressing room. They're around the guys at home playing video games, doing all that stuff when we're not there. So I think they're sending a great message to the guys and, and everybody's bought in. Our great from our, our youngest player to our oldest of our bought in. So anytime you see that, it usually works out. Steady, thanks for this. No problem, Stubbsy. London Knights assistant coach Rick Stedman. So Kyle, let's break this down very quickly. The Peterborough Peets, you've taken a look at this. Offense has not been a friend of theirs this year. No. And, you know, it it started at the beginning of the season. And when you start kind of looking towards the future and whatnot, which is what Peterborough is doing, you know, you, you take away some offensive weapons and that leaves currently Peterborough as the lowest scoring team right now in the Ontario Hockey League. Well, the London Knights are the highest scoring. So you've got the lowest scoring team coming into the bud to take on the Knights who are the highest scoring team. The Peets this season have 115 goals. The Knights almost have twice as many with 208. But if you go back to that first matchup, again, back in October, the Knights barely got by. It was a 3-2 victory on the road in overtime to take down Peterborough. So I don't know how much difference it's going to be. The Knights, again, this 14-game win streak, they have been on just a tear of late. They have scored 10 goals multiple times during this run. I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but if they do end up getting a couple in, Peterborough is going to have to find their offensive game to keep up with London because London right now, they're firing on all cylinders. And it's just a matter of keeping that going. And look, we asked Rick Stedman again, is this still a team that's not caring about who scores, who gets the cookies? Absolutely. This is a team that's about getting wins. So you take on a Peterborough Peets team, and it's one that you know statistically you should have. Now you've got to go out and get it. And then the Knights take on the Otters in Erie on Saturday. And the Otters are are just... They're the product of a tough division, Kyle. Gosh, are they ever. I mean, I looked at it and like, oh, Erie's at the bottom of the Midwest division. Mike, they have a 524 winning percentage. They have won more than 50% of their games and somehow sit near the bottom of that. It's just crazy. So they're a team not to be slept on, especially at any moment. You've got a goaltender like, um, you know, Ben Goudreau who could come in and easily just steal a game. So you've got to be careful with this one. And Erie, by the way, have won two of the three contests against the Knights. So they always play London tough. I believe in Erie, it's Star Wars night. You know, they're going to be out against the Knights. So this has got to be one that they, they can't. Sorry, say that again. Is it really? Is it Star Wars night? I don't it know is. how many Star Wars nights we've been to in the U.S. How many Star Wars nights can there be? It is Star Wars night in Erie, January 27th. They've had this on their website for some time. I, I mean, I think it's funny, but, you know, they got to go in and, and make sure that they don't get distracted by it. But, you know, the Knights have, I, I mentioned a million times on this podcast, they have absolutely been locked in over the last little bit but Erie is they are not a team to just brush off they are a team that circles every single London Knights game on their calendar and I know that they do it so it's going to be a big matchup on Saturday well this is a game that may feature something that has already happened once we'll have to find out depending on who takes the ceremonial face-off the Knights were in Saginaw and if the same Darth Vader guy comes in I mean if this if Darth Vader is is 
how am I going to put this? If the same Darth Vader guy is there, Scott Harrington, many years ago as captain of the London Knights, was getting set to take the ceremonial face-off, and Darth Vader says to him, approach if you dare, in the best James Earl Jones voice you've ever heard. And Scott was just kind of shaking his head. I'm I'm here to play a game. I don't what is happening right now? Darth Vader is basically chirping me before I come to the ceremonial face-off. So yeah. will it happen this time around? Don't know. But the last game between these teams is a part of this 14-game win streak where the Knights defeated the Erie Otters by a score of 5-1. We heard Rick Stedman talk about their quickness. Kerry Terrance is a guy that you have to to account for, and Kerry Terrance did not play for Erie in that last game in London. And so he's somebody that can really cause problems. And Malcolm Spence is a guy who can really cause problems. Two outstanding players, and Matthew Schaefer sure is having a good year as the first overall pick. But yeah, poor Erie playing in that same division with Owen Sound and Kitchener and London and Guelph all these years. They used to lead it when they were winning 50 games a year just by stepping onto the ice, but now it's it's a tough division each and every year. So this is a really good team, and their record certainly could be a little bit better if they were in a different division. So as much as this isn't a weekend, Kyle, of Kitchener or Saginaw, this is a weekend that presents a couple of challenges for different reasons. And then the London Knights will take on the Kitchener Rangers, and we will certainly talk about that game on the next podcast. Absolutely. And the Knights are going to continue and build off of that back-to-back win over this past weekend and a whole lot more here on the pod for the rest of the season and forward. Uh, Mike, thanks again. Looking forward to the games this weekend. You can follow us on all our socials uh, if you like, or if there's anyone that you would want us to interview, maybe a former Knight, maybe a former coach, player, whatever the case may be, uh, make sure to send us a message or you can send a rating, whatever the case may be. Uh, you can do so on our socials at Stubbs980, at Kyle Grimard. Mike, Enjoy, and uh, we'll talk next week. Looking forward to it.